The fruit of one giving my word and will preeminence in all things is the ecstasy, the way they're going to ascend that allows my spirit to continually strengthen and direct influence their spirit, inner man, and heart, thus placing and keeping in the place of ascendancy over their soul, their mind, their will, their emotions, their body. Exactly what we're talking about. Put yourself in a place with God that all of a sudden the word of God, the will of God is taking preeminence and everything, next thing you know, you practice this, this word and will of God, all of a sudden you'll be light years ahead of your own self. Your soul, your, your emotions, your feelings. You'll start making righteously based decisions. Ascendancy, a governing or controlling influence or domination. But I say, walk in the spirit from the position of the spirit, being in a position of predominance over their soul and body, and you will not carry out the desire of your flesh. Amen. Which is what you just said, boy. You start following the Lord, doing what you're supposed to do, saying love, 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 and you won't do the flesh with it, which is good wisdom. Okay? And not carry out the desires of your flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, the inner man, and the spirit, the inner man, against the flesh senses. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. So you don't get to do whatever you want to do. You got to do things according to the order of God, so that you can stay on track. Fire by night for today. Continue to hold fast the vision and a perfect patience. There you go, Danny. Mm -hmm. Back on vision again. Yeah. Right? All of the words I have spoken to you shall manifest themselves in the very few, very near future. For this is indeed the time. For all those who have been faithful and obedient to hold fast the vision, to both enter into and fulfill perfectly the fullness of their precious destiny in Christ. Supernatural hope and faith in my word will always overcome physical circumstances. It matters not how long a manifestation of my will takes to enter into the physical realm. All that matters is that one is standing in the faith, hold fast to their confession. The words and actions that continually correspond with the revelation of my will, not allowing themselves to be moved by any attempt of the evil one to move them off the path of perfect faith and the resistance. Many times Satan will attempt to make one of my children feel that their labors are in vain, and if they succumb to this lies, then they will take the pressure off of him and stop pursuing him until he is consumed. It is these times of seeming, seeming nothingness, those seemingly unimportant decisions, huh? mm -hmm. um, Nothing happening that I am best able to show myself forth the strongest on behalf of my children. Never has there been a more important time not to be moved by anything apart from my word and will. For the great victory is near for all those whom I have called to hold fast the vision. And they shall surely see the glorious fruits of their labor. And then they shall look back on the times of seeming dryness and the inertia as the very time in which the victory was actually won. Satan has released what he has released, lies, division, discouragement, disheartenment, etc., in order to both hinder and ultimately destroy my faithful ones. But now I shall release what I shall release, a divine release in the form of a series of suddenlies and glorious connections that will empower all those who have sought my will at all cost themselves to rise far above the attacks of the enemy Amen. and on into the fullness of their precious kingdom position and destiny in Christ. A series of suddenlies and a series of miracles are one and the same thing and are simply defined as my divine intervention, my grace in the fullness of time with a view to accomplishing my highest purpose in them. So now there's your vision and purpose, Danny. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Amen. In any given moment, then the Lord answered me and said, record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. It hastens towards the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come and it will not delay. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith, faith in Christ. But we do strongly and earnestly desire for each one of you to show the same diligence and sincerity all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and the development of your hope and your joy until the end. 
in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators behaving as do those who, through faith by their leaning of their entire personality in God, in Christ, and absent trust and confidence in His power, His wisdom, and His goodness, and by practice of patient endurance and waiting are now inheriting these promises. For when God made His promise to Abraham, He swore by Himself, since He had no one greater to whom to swear, saying, Blessed is blessing, I certainly will bless you, and multiplying you, I will certainly multiply you. And so it was for Abraham, having waited long and endured patiently. He realized and obtained in the birth of Isaac as a pledge of what was to come, that God had promised him and he was now going to see that promise come to fruition. There are many in the remnant church who are not faithfully continuing to hold fast to the vision, revelation dream that God has given them. Some for many, many, many years. And this season is the most utmost importance for all those who were truly seeking God to continue to exercise a perfect patience and allowing a father unfold all things as for if we are to be a spotless and unblemished church, then it must be him who unfolds things, not us. We, as true sons and daughters of God, must come to understand that we are a people who, by being prepared and raised up for work, the work of a glorious church that does not yet exist, at least fully, in the physical realm, those who truly love God, His faithful and obedient ones, are about to be overtaken by a series of suddenlies. Hence, the great importance for one being prepared, made ready in the secret place in His hour. And thus, the way things are now in the natural will soon be no longer, as one is faithful to continue to hold fast the vision. In this most critical hour, not only will it come to pass, it will come to pass in ways that are exceedingly abundantly beyond all one could ever have imagined to the greatest glory of the Father. So Father, we thank you, we praise you, that you have raised us up a people who are wholly given to you, a people who continually exercising a perfect patience and holding fast to the vision you have placed in our hearts, allow or empower your highest will and purpose to unfold before us and around us. And we declare this to be done in our lives. In the name of Jesus, your greatest glory. Amen. Meditations. Guarding one's heart, inner man, and spirit with all diligence through the giving of God's word preeminence, first place, is the only way that they shall be able to, be, to discern constantly the deepest motivations of your own heart. Hmm. For the word of God speaks as alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, the immortal spirit, the joints and the marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes, the intents of the heart, of the, uh, the intents and motivations of the heart, the spirit. So God's pretty much just agreed to, with Glenn Jackson, everything I said. Yeah. You know, which is cool because that means we're on the right page with him right now. And we need to be on that right page with what he's doing for us to be able to inherit these, these promises and these gifts. Let's look at Glenn Jackson. We're going to May 7th. Building for eternity. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sets not down first and counts the cost, whether you have sufficient enough to finish it? Our Lord refers not to a cost we have to count, but to a cost which he has already counted. The cost was those 30 years in Nazareth, those three years of popularity, scandal, and hatred, a deep, unfathomable agony in Gethsemane and the onslaught at Calvary, the pivot by which, every, which the whole of all time and eternity turns. Christ has counted the cost. Men are not going to laugh at him and at last and say, this man began to build was not able to finish it. 
The conditions of discipleship laid down by our Lord in verses 26, 27, 33 mean that the men and women he's going to use in his, in his mighty building enterprise are those in whom he has done everything because they've allowed him to do it. If any man come to me and hate not his mother, father, sister, brother, his own life, he could not be my disciple. Our Lord implies that the only men and women he will use in his building enterprises are those who love him personally, passionately, and devotedly, beyond any of the closest ties on this earth. The conditions are stern, but they're glorious. Amen. All that we build is going to be inspected by God. It's going, is God is going to detect in his searching the fire we have built upon the foundations of Jesus, some enterprise of our own, a wooden stubble. These are days of tremendous enterprises, days when we are trying to work for God. And there it is the snare. Profoundly speaking, we can never work for God. Jesus takes us over for his enterprises, his building schemes entirely. And we, and no soul has any right to claim where he should be put. You just yeah. go along and be glad you're along with the ride. That's the, Amen. the key to it, right? Yes. yes. Turn with me tonight. We're going to start in Luke. We'll start in Luke 14, verse 25. cost of discipleship. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brethren, sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sets not down first and counts the cost, whether you have sufficient to finish it less happily after he has laid the foundation, he's not able to finish it. All that behold it began to mock him, saying, this man began to build, is not able to finish. But what king going to war against another king sets not down first and consults whether he is able to, with 10,000 to meet them that come against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends an ambassador and desires conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsakes not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, where shall it be re-seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but man cast it out. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. It's time for us to start hearing what God is trying to share with us through all the scriptures, correct? Yes. Romans 6, 1. I added this one because I want to talk a little bit about our perspective. We're trying to build for eternity. We have an issue. We yield to things, influences. Yes. Right? Uh -huh. Six is all about our yielding. Who and what we're yielding to, why we're yielding, what are the reasons, and what has God purposed in our life so that we don't have to yield. Well, these, these issues, because it's all a, a construction detail. You know? You sit there and you look at the plans, that's great, but there's always a construction detail that tells you how to do what you're getting ready to do. So one of the things that I would suggest that in light of construction detail, if we're going to build for eternity, we got to quit yielding to every other negative thing, as the, you know, the things that are contrary to what we're trying to accomplish and build. So what should we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace can abound? God forbid. How should we that are dead to sin live any longer there. Why would we, for building for the eternity, why would we live any longer in sin if we have now been, you know, broke free from that? What, what would be the motivation? Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus were then baptized into his death? 
Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism and death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should, should, should walk in the newness of life. Yeah. That, not that we will, we should. Yes. means we could. Now it's whether we will or not, right? Yes. yes. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be the likeness of his resurrection. He's going to cause us to become triumphant. He's going to get you there. I would just assume we start becoming part of the solution right now. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might actually be destroyed. And henceforth, we would not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. But if we be dead with Christ, we believe also that we shall live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. So we know that we're dead with Christ and we should live with him. Then we ought to be focused on the life, not on the death, right? Yeah. For he died, he died of sin once. But he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, reckon you yourselves also to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God because and through our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign, have its way in your mortal body, that you should obey it and the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but instead yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you any longer. For we are not under the law, but we are under grace. So, what then? Should we sin because we're not under the law, but we're under grace? God forbid. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves to servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. So, you're in charge of the decisions. Whether it's sin and the death, or obedience and the righteousness. But God, be thanked that you were the servants of sin, that you have obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being they made free from sin... You became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of their flesh, the fallen nature of Adam. For as you've yielded your members servants unto uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members as servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when we were the servants of sin before, you were then made you were free from righteousness. When the fruit that you had in those things whereof now you're ashamed, you're ashamed of what you did before you knew the Lord. For the end of those things was death. We didn't know it, but it was. But now, being made free from sin and become servants unto God, you have your fruit unto holiness. And the end of that is eternal life, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through His Son, Jesus, which ought to be our greatest inspiration. 1 Corinthians 3. Starting in verse 9. We are laborers together with God, and you are God's husband. You are his building, God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds upon it. But let every man take heed how he builds upon that foundation you've been given in Christ. For no other foundation can a man lay that which is laid, which is Christ. Now, if any man built upon this foundation with gold and silver, precious stones, even with hay, wood, and stubble, every man's work shall be made obvious or manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work to see what sort it really was. If any man's work abide when he has built upon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work be, shall be burned, though, he shall suffer the loss of what's burnt, but he himself has yet to be saved, even so yet by fire. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4. Verse 10. We're always bearing about the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus 
might become obvious in our body. For we which live, that have decided to take this choice and live, are always going to be delivered to death for Jesus' sake. He's always going to cause us to die the things that are contrary to him. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh, that he can bring that death in and overcome it with the new life that he wants to give you. So then death works in us, but life in you. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. Now we also believe, and therefore we're going to speak. Knowing that he was raised up, the Lord shall, Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus, and shall present all of us with you. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many others, redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Which is what being talked about in Glenn Jackson. For this light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So while we look not at the things which are seen, living our life by the seed of our pants, right? But the things which are not seen, the things which are seen are temporary. <clears throat> the things which are not seen are eternal. Right. You ever love something so much when you got it and then it got old? Yeah. How many things do you still love in the world that are going to get old? All of it. Yeah, all of it, exactly. Good answer. Okay. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5, 1. If we all, we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, the building of eternity. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. <coughs> if so be that you be clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we are in this tabernacle to groan, being burdened not for as we would be unclothed, but clothed upon. That mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that has wrought us for the self-same thing is God who also has given to us the earnest of the Spirit, so we know the difference. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So we are confident, I say, and willing, rather to be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. So wherefore we labor, that whether we be present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and everyone, that, everyone may receive the things done in His body, According to that which he's done, whether it be good or bad. Galatians 2, 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, by his efforts, but by the faith of Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh ever be justified. But if... While we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if we, if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. So I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I still am going to live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me, if I've made that choice. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me, and I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness came of the law, then Christ was dead in vain, and we know that's not possible. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us 
in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Predestined us to adoption of children by Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace where he's made us accepted in the blood. See how he's building us for eternity? Yes. yes. To the praise of the glory of his grace where he's made us accepted in the blood. In whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of again God's grace. And where he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence so we know what not to do and what to do. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, which he shared with us last night, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed within himself, that at the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in him, so that building for eternity would be accomplished. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be the praise of his glory who first trusted Christ, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that after you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of that purchased possession bought with a price until the praise of his glory. Ephesians 2, 1. And you have he quickened who are dead in your trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the counsel of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation of conduct in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in his mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he quickened us together with Christ. It's by grace we've been saved. And he's raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the building for eternity has been built. We now have to realize it. Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. We're the body of Christ. We're at the right hand of God. But are we living as such? If not, then building for eternity is building so that we can take possession of what we're already doing. Hmm. Crazy. It goes right with that message from last night. Yeah. He has raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that's not anything to do with yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not by works, lest any man should talk about what he had done and boast. <coughs> we are his workmanship, bless you, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. 3.8 Unto me, whom less than the least of these saints is this grace been given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hidden in God, who created all things by Christ, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers of heavenly places they might be known the church by the church the medical wisdom of God. The church is going to take and teach all the powers and principalities. Why? They're all thinking they're in charge. And we're going to show them they're not. Why? Because we're going to walk in Christ, and Christ is going to reveal to them. He has already taken all the powers and principalities in subjection. Now we get to follow through and be that subjection. By what? The building we have in eternity in Christ Jesus. Yeah. According to the eternal purpose, which is what he said, which he purposed in Christ our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him, Boldness and access to what? The building in eternity. Yeah. 
For, therefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your, for your glory. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, as well as me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in our and your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what's the breadth, length, depth, and height of the building of eternity. Yeah. That you might know the love of Christ, which is passes knowledge. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God, because we've not let those things try to exalt themselves between us and the knowledge of God get away. We've cast them down. Amen. Now in Him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we would ever ask or think. I like that. According to the power that works already in us. Yeah. Unto him be glory of the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, world without end. Philippians 3, verse 7. What things were gained to me, those things I counted as a loss for Christ. All these things I've done and built in my life, I count them as nothing for a loss, just for Christ. Yes, doubtless I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge. Because those things that exalted got taken out of the way. And I want to be walking in the excellency of that knowledge of Christ. So that I can walk forth and take my thoughts captive to the obedience that he had. I count all things excellent the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them as done that I might win Christ. And be found in him not having my own righteousness. Which is of the, the law. But that was through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by that faith. Mm-hmm. That I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Yes. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. Yes. Not as though I'd already attained. Either we're already perfect. Not living around in arrogance and a pride, but living in such a way to, to gain this from this relation. Yeah. But I follow after. I what? Follow oh. after. If I may apprehend that for which I've also apprehended of Christ. Christ got his hands on me. Now I want to get my hands on him. Right? Yeah. Yes. Brethren, I count on myself to have apprehended. But there's one thing I do. I forget those things that are behind. I reach forward to those things that are going on before me day after day after day. I'm going to press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So let us therefore, as many as be perfect, mature, be thus minded. And if anything be otherwise minded, God shall even reveal that unto us. So nevertheless... Where do we've already attained? Let us walk by that same rule. Let us mind that same thing. Colossians 2. Verse 1. For I would that you knew the great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. For as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together, built together in love, under the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to acknowledge the mystery of God and the Father of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should to deceive you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ, the Lord Jesus, walk in him also rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, whether abounding therein with thanksgiving. So beware, lest any man 
spool you with philosophy or vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So I'd rather be a damn to have all that available to me too. You are complete in him if we're in him, Amen. which is the head of all principality and power, which they're going to get to know what this is all about when we show up. Right. In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So Christ Amen. has already cut your sins loose. Amen. He circumcised you. Why don't you live circumcised? Yeah. Buried with him in baptism, it says in Romans 6, right? Yes. Where you were risen with him Amen. through the faith of the operation of God, and God sent the faith of Christ to get us out of that mess, right? Who has raised him from the dead and raised us up also. Amen. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 3. We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren as it is necessary, because that your faith grows exceedingly in the charity, unconditional love of every one who towards each other is beginning to abound. So that we ourselves glory in you, the churches of God, for the patience of the faith in all of the persecutions and the tribulations that you have learned to endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you've suffered. So the, the endurance of these things, he, he that endures to the end shall be what? Saved, right? So he's honoring us for enduring these things which is the manifest token. That we'd be counted worthy of the kingdom because of these things. See, it's a righteous thing of, with God to recompense tribulation of those who trouble you. And to you who were troubled, lest rest with us. The Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in a flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and those that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus. They who shall be punished with the everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when... He, Christ, shall come to be glorified in his saints, to be admired in all of them that believe, because our testimony among you was actually believed in that day. So wherefore also we pray always for you that your, our God would count you worthy of this calling, and he would fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Amen. That the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you in turn in him. According to grace and divine influence of our God and the Lord Jesus. Amen. Three one. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word, the word of the Lord, might have free course, and then it might be glorified even as it is with you. That we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. We have this confidence in the Lord touching you that you both will both do and will do the things which we command you. The Lord shall direct your hearts to the love of God and to the patient waiting for Christ. Now, we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walks disorderly, not after the traditions which you've received of us. For yourselves know how you ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for nothing, but wrought with our labor and our travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you. They're not giving away anything for free. We're paying our way. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that you would not work, neither should you eat. For we hear that there be some among you which walk disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. But then that are such, we command and exhort by the Lord that with quietness they will learn to work and eat their own bread. But you, brethren, be not weary in your well-doing. 
Don't be worried about what you're doing. Do your job and let them learn how to do theirs. Yeah. But if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Yeah. Count them not as an enemy, but admonish them as a brother because they might be contrary to what God's teaching us. Yes. First Timothy 1, I mean, First Timothy 6, sorry, 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. That they do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time that's coming. They may lay hold on eternal life, that building for eternity. Oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so-called which some professing have erred concerning the faith. So grace, the divine influence of God, be with you in this moment. Second Timothy 2.1 You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. The things which you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit you also to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You therefore, though, endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. No man that wars is going to entangle himself with the affairs of this life. But he that, may, that he may please him who has chosen him to be the soldier in the first place. But man also strive for masteries or for rewards. Yet he's not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman also that labors must be first a partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say in the Lord give you understanding in all of these things. Hebrews 3. 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, the high priest of our profession, Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who has built the house has more honor than who more honored than the house. So who built the house is Christ. So if we are building for eternity, we're in Christ. We're the ones building this eternity in ourselves, this house with Christ. This man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. And as much as he was built of the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man. But he that built all things truly is God. And Moses truly was faithful in his, all of his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which will be spoken of after. But Christ as a son over his own house. Whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end? Therefore, as the Holy Ghost says, today, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, the day of temptation in the wilderness. Hear what I have to say and don't fall back in your old temptations, your old ways of life. When your father's tempted me, proved me, saw my works for 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my way. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter in my rest. Whoops. <laughs> Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you that evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily what is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ's partners if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast all the way to the end. While it is said today, if we will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, we have that benefit for us. James 1, 
Verse 2. My brethren, count it joy also when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith is going to grow you up and teach you patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire. You get in a place where you want nothing. Let patience have that perfect work. But if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally, and abrades not, and it shall be given unto him, unto you. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and is tossed. For let not that man think he's going to receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. 5-7 Be patient, therefore, brethren, to the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it till he receives the early and the latter rain. But you also, you also patient and establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is drawing near. Grudge not one another. Brethren, let us be condemned. Behold, the judge stands before the door. Take my brethren the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure because they have endured to the end. You have heard of the patience of Job and you've seen the end of the Lord. The Lord is very pitiful and tender mercies. He brought Job back and paid him back double. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yes be yes, your no be no, lest you somehow fall into condemnation. Any among you afflicted, let him praise. Anybody merry, let him sing songs. Any sick among you, let him call upon the elders. The church, let the elders pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord to heal him. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord shall raise him up. If he committed sins, they shall even be forgiven him. So confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, passionate prayer of a righteous man will avail much. So Elijah was a man subject to like passions even as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth for a space of three, three years and six months. Then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. So brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one managed to convert him, let him know that he which converts that sinner from the air of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Amen. 1 Peter 1, 13. Whoever girded the loins of your mind be sober and hope to the end of the grace to be brought unto you through the revelation of Christ. Yeah. As obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lusts and your ignorance, but as he which has called you to be holy, so you be holy in all manner of conduct. Yes. Because it is written, be you holy for I am holy, the Lord says. Yeah. And you call upon the Father, who without respect the person judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear or reverence of that calling. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, but from your vain or selfish conduct, received by the traditions of your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who truly was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in his last times just for you in his building towards eternity, who by him you do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory, and your faith and your hope might be in God and God alone. Yeah. yeah. First Peter 2, 4. 
To whom coming? As unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You also as living stones are built up a spiritual house, a building for eternity, right? Yes. A holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ. Wherefore also it's continued in the scripture. The old Eli and Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. He that believes in him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same as made the head of the corner. And the stone of stumbling, and the rock of offense. Even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, where unto you also they were appointed. But you, built up as that spiritual house, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of that darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past you were not a people, but now you are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now, again, you have obtained mercy. Amen. So dearly beloved, I beg you, as strangers and pilgrims, please abstain from your fleshly lusts, which war against your soul, yeah. having your conduct honest among the world, yeah. that whereas they speak evil against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which which they shall behold, glorify God in that day of visitation. Second Peter two. There were false prophets also among the people. People are going to try to interfere with your building for eternity. Right? right. Even as they shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves a swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way that shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingers not and their damnation slumbers not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned but cast them down into hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved into judgment and spared not the old world but saved Noah the eighth person a preacher of Righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those who after should live ungodly. And he delivered Lot, just Lot, vexed with filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. He constantly labored against all the crap that was going on around him. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and reserve the unjust to the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly then to walk after the flesh and the lust of the uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed, and they are not afraid to speak evil dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not even railing accusation against them before the Lord. But as these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil things that they, may, that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that counted pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots are they and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling the unstable souls. 
at heart that they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and have gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bethor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumbass speaking with a man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with the tempest to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever and ever. When they, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness. Right. Those who were clean escape from them who err, live in error. While they promise you liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For whom a man is overcome, that same is who is brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus, they are again entangled and overcome, the latter it is worse for them than it was in the beginning. For it would be better they would have never known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it's happened to them, as according to the true proverb, the dog has re returned to his own vomit again, and the salad was washed to the wallowing in the mire. 3, chapter 3, verse 1. The second epistle, what I now write to you, and both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which are spoken before the holy prophets, the commandment of the us apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there will come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is this so-called promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning even of creation. For this they are willingly ignorant of what the word of God, the heavens were of old, the earth standing of the water, out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that was then being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved in the fire against that day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And the Lord's not slack concerning his promise, as some men might count slackness. But he's long suffering to you to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and build that structure of eternity. The day of the Lord will come as a thief of the night, which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works therein shall be burned up. Seeing that these, all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening to the coming the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. So nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for that eternal building, for the new heavens and the new earth, wherein dwells righteousness, Wherever, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. Amen. An account of the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our brother, beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given to him that was written unto you, as also is all his epistles speaking in them of these things, in which some are things that are hard to be understood, which they are unlearned and stable wrestle, as they do also with other scriptures under their own destruction, trying to figure it out on their own. Right. You, therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest you also be led away with the, with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But instead, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, in that building of eternity, to Him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. First John... One, my little children, these things I write unto you, that you would sin not. 
If any man sin, he hath an advocate with the Father, Christ the righteous. He is a propitiation for our sins, not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him because if we keep his commandments, he that says, I know him and keeps his, not his commandments, is a liar and the truth is in him. But whoso keeps his word in him truly is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that says he abides in him ought also himself walk even as he walked. 15. 2.15. Beloved, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not and cannot be in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, yeah. but it's of the world. The world's going to pass away, and all the lusts are going to go with it. But he that does the will of God is going to abide forever. Amen. Verse 24. So let that therefore abide you, which you've heard from the beginning. If that which you've heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He's promised us, even eternal life. These things I've written unto you concerning them that try to seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of Him abides in you. You need not that any man teach you, but the same anointing teaches you of all things, that <clears throat> all things and it is the truth, and it is no lie. And even as it is taught you, you shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him. That when he shall appear, you may have confidence and not be ashamed before him in his coming. For we know that he is righteous. You know that everyone that does righteousness is then born of him. Amen. Yep. Three, one. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. So, beloved... Now we are the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be because we're still building for eternity. But we do know that that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope within himself purifies himself even as Christ is pure. So whosoever commits sin transgresses the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. You know that he that is manifested to take away the sins, and in him there was no sin. So whosoever abides in Christ sins not. Whosoever sins has not seen Christ, neither has even known him. So little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is the one that's righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil. The devil commits sin even from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. His seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. This is... In this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil also. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither is he that loves not his brothers. Verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but let us word in deed and in truth. Hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts be for him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knows all things. Beloved, our heart condemn us not, though we have a confidence towards God. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment, that we should believe in the name of the Son, Jesus, and love one another as He gave us commandment. That He that keeps His commandment dwells in Him, and He in turn in you. Hereby we know that He abides in us by the Spirit which is given to us, so there's no question. 5.1 Whosoever believes that Jesus is then the born, Christ is born of God, and everyone that loves him that begot God himself loves also him that is begotten of him, Christ. And by this 
We know that we're the love, that we love the children of God. When we love God, we keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we would keep the commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes this world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So we get to have that yeah. building in, in eternity. If we receive that witness of men, the witness of God is even greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his own Son. He that believes that the Son of God has the witness within himself. We know that we know. He that believes not that God has made believes not that God has made him a liar, because he believes not the record that God gave of his own son. And this is that record that God has given to us, that eternal life, and this life is in his son. And he that has a son has that life. He's been built up for that eternity. Yeah. And he that has not the son of God has not that life, and is not built up for eternity. These things I've written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life, that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He's going to hear us. And we know that if He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of Him. So we know, verse 18, that whosoever is born of God sins not. But he that is begotten of God keeps himself so we can stay in that building towards eternity. And that wicked one can't touch us there. And we know that we are of God and the whole world's lying in wickedness. And we know the Son of God has come and has given to us an understanding that we may know Him that is true and that we are in Him that is true, even in the Son, Jesus. This is the true God. This is eternal life. So little children, keep yourselves from the idols. Jude, if you would, please, 17. Last but not least. But beloved, remember one more time the words which are spoken before the apostles of the Lord Jesus. How that we told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. And they, these be those who separate themselves. They're sensual, not spiritual. Separate themselves, having not the spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourselves, most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, build yourself towards that eternity. Yeah. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ in eternal life. So we have second chance, one second chance to get us there. So we build towards eternity and build it right. Now some of these have compassion making a difference and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment that's spotted by the flesh. Now, and him that is able to keep you from falling and him that is able to present you faultless before his own presence of his glory with exceeding joy to him, the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. And that's your message. Amen. So the, the, the reality of this is that we're building towards eternity. It's already built. Right. But when you and I are building our faith and building our mindset up on the mystery that we talked about last time, and we're beginning to reshape and refold our mindset around that being truth and not our inferior way of looking at things, we're building up our life in that eternity by, by reconstructing our thinking. Reconstructing our process, that it's already there, it's already done, it's already finished. All we got is show up and receive and receive and receive. But every time we receive, is that not a building block? Is that yes. another building? We're building this block sure. yeah. by receiving what God's truths and promises are so that we can ultimately own that eternal life that He's given to us. Amen. We're already there, setting in Christ Jesus, in, for all intents and purposes, in Christ. Yes. But we have some work to get this flesh in line. Right. 
We got some work to, to not try to do us anymore. We start to allow Christ to do things through us. And Amen. that's going to take some building. It's going to take some time. Right. But what I, what I don't want to do is leave us with a message like last night or yesterday and then think that, okay, I, I got all this. I, I appreciate we got it. But do we actually have it? Right. It's ours. Work out yourself. But do, do I possess it yet? Maybe I need to do some things to possess that. So my, my behavior needs to be changed in such a way so that I can possess that. And that's really what I'm talking about. Living in such a way to possess what we've already been given. So building for that light of eternity. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, come before you tonight and say thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, you're an amazing, amazing God. I love your message. I love your timing. I love how you put things together, Lord. It just cracks me up how they, they, they fit in such a line in such a way that, that you're taking us by the hand like a bunch of little babies and walking along with us, Lord God. And even though you're outstepping us, Lord God, we're, we're running as fast as we can to keep up. But Lord, we need to make our life all about keeping up with you as we follow after all that you've laid apart for us in this life. We give you thanks, praise, honor, and glory for these things. We'll do it now in the precious, precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. amen.